1: Well, he's not quite a coffee asshole, but he's still an asshole about coffee. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. This is the Journey for Java podcast, a show about coffee for people who enjoy coffee and like listening to stories about people, places, and things involving coffee. Seriously, only an asshole
0: would make it this complicated.
1: It's the Journey for Java podcast.
0: You want some coffee? Yeah, make it a fresh pot. A Brenton on Tour podcast show. Fresh pot!
1: About what else?
0: Coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay?
1: Here's BD. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Brenton on Tour Journey for Java podcast. Uh, We are going secret service in coffee with fellow Blundell Network uh, podcaster and overall Great rad dude, John Guinari. How are you, sir, from the Spear Talk podcast? That,
0: that is the first time in a while I've heard someone pronounce my name correctly.
1: You know, in this neck of the woods, we ha- we, we spend all of our money on uh, research and people to make sure that uh, we get it right because we want our guests to come back. You know what I'm saying? It's good. No, that so. was
0: perfect. And I'm, uh, I'm doing well. Thank you.
1: Fellow blue microphone uh, uh, person, fellow everything. Uh, we we connected uh, last, I guess, about a year ago now uh, through our mutual yeah. friend, Hoogie, Hoogie, who was like, my buddy John's got this great, uh, great YouTube channel and uh, all the rest of it, and we should uh, have him on the show. Um, at that point, it was getting him on Blundell Network and all the rest of it, but um, you came on and you've been building out accordingly and your show is uh, growing and your your views and everything is going up it's really awesome so um i thought listen my journey for java started with a gentleman who i toured with who um has a similar background to yours which um i'll let you dive into and had uh, some access to amazing coffee around the world and i've never looked back so john give us a little background on you and uh, we'll get into the coffee stuff
0: uh, so my name is John and I went to a military college in Vermont called Norwich University. And I did the Navy ROTC for four years. When I graduated in 2004 uh, I kind of put all my eggs in a basket to kind of go into the secret service. And the reason why I chose that is because I had a friend the year before that went in, he was on the motors unit, travels the world. I was motorcycle guiding the limousines of the monster, the beast all around every country. And uh, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket because I I love the idea of security, protection, and I love the idea of being the federal government. And so I did that once I graduated after seven and a half months, six and a half, seven months of uh, extensive training, backgrounds, firearm training, everything encompassed with the whole uh, ordeal there. I did that up and through uh, 2014 under the Obama administration. And the last campaign, which would have been in 2012, I was only home around 30 days that year. And it kind of, it was kind of crazy because 30 days out of a whole year, um, on top of just what, you, what I was doing at the time, kind of mentally kind of burnt me out. Um, I eventually ended up going through a divorce. And in 2014, I met my CEO now, Chris, and uh, I was basically say, hey, let's stay in touch. The minute I want to jump ship and go private, we're going to do that. So in 2014, I did that. And so I've been private. I've been the CEO, the COO of Silver Spear Security, said uh, said, And we have offices in Orlando and Los Angeles and opening one up in Massachusetts and Nevada. And uh, we do everything from bands to from Nickelback, to Shinedown. Uh, post-load Justin Bieber, all the way through red carpet events, cruise lines, uh, all this, anything security related, we try and do it If we can get it. And uh, last year at the onset of the pandemic, which I think affected everyone, um, I launched Spear Talk podcast out of boredom, maybe out of my urge to keep learning somehow. Uh, I didn't want to go back to school per se or do an online degree. I wanted to pick random topics that maybe one week it's martial arts and one week it's human trafficking or next week it's mental health. And so this podcast kind of uh, branched into what is now. And for me, it's like a living and breathing thing that I love putting the time in and seeing the, uh, what the outcome is and how it affects different people.
1: Yeah, And you, uh, that's a a bit of an, uh, I see a lot of guys in my world concert world, obviously that are security guys that have come from that secret service background. Uh, they're either working for a company or that was their, you know, they, they were a part yep. of that. So, uh, a lot of guys, uh, one, um, uh, one of them who I met actually started my coffee journey, uh, around the world. Cause he had access to some of the best coffee in the world. And, uh, that's kind of what got the, my journey for coffee going. But, um, in the process, learning about all the different things that you guys do. And, uh, it was, it was quite fascinating to me. Um, Was Did you find um, the private sector, like moving on from like, say, the Obama administration and and moving on to something different? Do you find starting your own company was absolute no brainer, the way to go? Uh, Or did you just retire from Secret Service? Like how did that kind of, where did that decision come in? I
0: basically, after that last campaign in 2012, I was only home for whatever those 30 days. And I wanted, I was kind of burnt out. Um, not for the idea of security and protection, but I guess the, the actual politics, because that that career like literally engulfed in politics, left, right, uh, it was it was just absolutely crazy, crazy, just po- political issues and stuff that doesn't. So I'm not talking left or right or donkey or elephant. It was just everything in between that I didn't want to be a part of. And so when I met Chris, um, which is oddly enough backstage at a Nickelback show in D.C. Uh, I was basically, hey, let's kind of figure out a way if I do want to leave the federal government, what we could kind of rebrand whatever he was doing at the time into Silver Spirit Security, which it is now. And so when I did that, um, it was kind of a weight off my shoulder because it was almost like a fresh start. But in the sense where I was still doing what I love and continue to love and trade to do and all this stuff, but it it was a different, it felt like a different home for me. Um, Now, as you know, Brenton, uh, there is politics of music in this industry and stuff, uh, but it felt like a different politics. Mm. And these politics we're part of now, these are a lot easier to deal with as opposed to uh, the federal government.
1: Yeah. I'll bet. I mean, really it's about keeping the artists safe. I mean, things have changed given what's happened in the world. Obviously uh, you guys have to be down on everything, every aspect of security from terrorism to all the rest of it. Um, So I commend you on that side of it because it's a super competitive space. There's a lot of security companies, not everyone does it well. So you got some great clients so clearly. You guys do so good for you on that side of it yeah,
0: it's um it's one of those things where if you if i do something say i'm an architect or a doctor i'm just i'm just a single stay-at-home mom or father i'm going to be the best person at what i do and i think where people fall is that they tend to just take stuff for granted and like oh i do this job i'm going to do it just for a paycheck well that, nothing to take against those people to do security for a paycheck i get it it feeds the pays the bills feeds to your household I do what I do because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's where the difference is people who are successful at security, those that are not.
1: And it's so important. It's such an important aspect of these shows. Um, It's the first priority on tour, keeping everybody safe. You know what I mean? Keeping everybody safe. And the second priority for me is coffee. And trying to find the best coffee in the world. I
0: tell you what, because I'm one of the first people up in the morning at the venue. Um, I roll in with the, if I'm if we're rolling with a band. I get out, and I check out. But yeah. the first thing I do is literally, um, and we at the shine down bus. We carry a basic Keurig, and yeah. all the guys. I think Barry, and Eric, we're the more over the pour over type of. We'll go get coffee like it's a really cool place that's mm-hmm. not a shade. But on the bus, the Keurig will suffice. Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Hortons, if we're in Canada starbucks like it's whatever you get the coffee good up but when i get off the bus that i i literally go to catering and that's the first thing i grab is a cup of coffee and then kind of just walk around the venue and just check on charlie a stage manager or production or whoever and just kind of make my rounds and it's like therapy man whatever it is like and that cater coffee could be the utter worst but for oh, in my it'll, head
1: it'll set just, your day it sets your day uh, up too right. right
0: i don't know if that's like a placebo effect where it's just like oh it's black or it's got some, sometimes yeah. I put like weird fever there just if I want to get crazy, but a nice black coffee with a splash of sugar. Like there's just nice. something to it where it just triggers the day off.
1: I remember starting in Italy. Mine started in Italy. So my buddy, you know, fellow agents yep. um, was like, you know, I had had a espresso backstage in Italy and Ugh. i and I was like, Oh, okay. So this it's is coffee. what it is. What it talks is what it's all about. And then when he discovered I was new, then every single place we went around, you know, the world, oh, I've got this. I've got that. I've got that. It was amazing. So you're with Barry, for, you know, Shine Down. He's got Spartan Brews. He's got his own coffee brand. He's a coffee head. So yes. it's your job to keep the band safe and the rest of it. But while you're out on your days off, one of the things that I, I want to, uh, I think, stress to some of the people is that you guys really don't get a lot of days off. Like when the band is going, you're going yeah. like and wherever we, the before, band is going. You right. know, before
0: COVID, like you're you're doing 200, 250 shows a year. And so yeah. travel, the travel days. Um, in European markets, there's tend to be more days off because the bus rides are longer and stuff like that. So when we have a day off, and some of the best cities, the experiences, memories I have are day off in Omaha or uh, in Oregon, there's a couple of sp- spots in Racine, uh, Wisconsin, um, there's a couple of places in New York, and all these different cities and outlets where. I had a great coffee experience there and if i've never been there if i've never brought like Barry there like we'll go there and so our day is predicated on coffee. wake up <laughs> yeah. wake up this the hotel here's everyone's hotel keys shower lobby 30 minutes and we're going to go find the local coffee shop grab some lunch maybe a comic book store and just kind of do something to do but it, the day starts with that coffee and i think the if you've never been to a city or you've never been to a certain coffee shop the, when we're googling looking where to go there's just something about walking into a coffee shop for the first time and just seeing people like these mom and stores with the big presses and the smell of the aroma coming out there. It's just something really mm. like fun and therapeutic about it.
1: it. Well, and I liken it to, um, you know, people that are on whiskey journeys or wine journeys. I yeah. mean, I'm sure oh, they yeah. get the same dopamines when it comes to it, but when the coffee and how it brings everyone together, uh, It changed everything and it changes everything as you the more you discover because that's kind of like when you go to barcelona that coffee experience is different than australia or it's different than south america and that's the beauty about trying to find these amazing coffee spots um around the world we'll get into individual brands and regions down the road but what is your favorite um coffee discovery so far
0: uh so i've always loved growing up in an italian uh family my mom, my dad's side's all italian so we'd always cook like the espresso on the stovetop and that mm. little
1: uh so what's that, always... what's that process
0: uh isn't it where you just put the water in the bottom and then you put that little oh the mocha yeah the i just mo-
1: met yeah like did, did you learn this specifically yeah, so how, so how I, to do this I, yeah I
0: my grandparents and uncles and aunts do yeah. it uh that's where like i was like what is that like why can't you just do like the regular make ted coffee? coffee in a stupid pot, Mr. Coffee. And like, no, this is like traditional, like here's yeah. the grinds and all this stuff. And so I've always been, I've always loved espresso, cappuccinos, lattes, all that stuff. But I was actually a day off, I think in Poland or uh, actually it might've been Balboa, Australia. And I was with my friend Gordini, uh, who is basically, he's part of the Nickelback camp, mm-hmm. uh, the backstage stuff. And he's a huge coffee guy. And he's like, Hey, have you ever had a pour over? I'm like, what? You know, it's like a pour over, like an Egyptian or a Dikawagrian or, a or whatever, like Dave, any other country that sounds whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I never have. So he took me to this place that he'd been to before. And I walk into, I feel kind of intimidated by it. Cause I'm just like, dude, where would I order? Like, uh, can I get a uh medium regular and it's like what so he orders everything for us we do like the basic black coffee with a like a nice i think what i've noticed too with these experiences a nice thing of like Pellegrino or sparkly water just to yeah. cleanse the palate yeah uh but he brings over this egyptian pour over and they do the process and we we drink it i'm like i feel extremely wired but just that process He him telling me about these beads and how different regions have these different i wasn't that versed in it and so now five years later now at least i could go into a store and be like i might not know the apparatus that makes it per se or whatever but i could smell that bead and probably tell you what region of the world is from just because i'm so in tune to that stuff now sure. and uh it's kind of cool man like i just who would have thought that coffee would have be like this really cool type of thing.
1: It's the universal language and I'm telling you it's un- cuz I don't know if you drink John I I haven't drank in a few I years. Do. I haven't I drank in a few years so for me um I I re- I replaced it with coffee from the standpoint of like I used to go and try to find a great pub and I used to go to try to find you know right. a, the the best whiskey and the best this and the best that but I just you know it didn't it didn't work for my touring schedule and just overall I changed it. And right and coffee replaced it really that journey every single day to kind of wake up and kind of go, uh, to it. Um, was quite, it's quite something to, 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 to your point, um, making it, you know, how your days off change and, and, um, your days off are now trying to find the best coffee in the city and things. I just never thought I would ever be part of that, but I like to go out on adventures and look around towns and stuff. and, And it starts with me. My day starts by trying to, you know, tag and geotag where that is, where it's the best reviewed coffee in the city, and then go there. Well, that's and that's why um, I like your
0: social yeah. media because you would tag like those cup, of co- those cup of coffees and stuff. And yeah, be like, oh, cool. Like uh, there's a couple I took note of. Like, dude, I don't even know where, how he found this place. And so for yeah. me, that's almost like a, a geocache for me. Next time I'm in that city yeah. in Canada, I was like, I gotta go here. And the thing about when I walk into like, I'm gonna use European markets uh, more because. That old, that old lifestyle, that old – like I just find something – I really resonate with those old walls. But when you go to those old coffee shops, can you imagine the conversations that have, that have happened over a cup of coffee at those tables? It mm-hmm. just – it kind of blows my mind. It's like we're talking world leaders and history-altering stuff over a cup of coffee. and I, That for me is just – it's the most purest form of conversation. Right. And even if you don't drink coffee – I could still have this conversation with you, with me drinking coffee, you daughter, vice versa. I just still feel at home at a coffee table.
1: And now the back to the um, Secret Service side of things. You worked on the Obama administration and a few things. I won't, you know, we won't have to dive into specifics per se. But um, what's what's an average? team number of that like how many guys are you working with in that regard and do you all do, do your days off all change together do you all kind of have the same assignment do your assignments change every week and then in that particular case do you have you become uh, close with some of the administration and that side of it and then they're like hey on our days off we're all gonna go try to find amazing coffee or are they all too busy running around like no how, i how think does, uh
0: One of the cool things um, with the shift work is that whether it's shift A, B, C, or day shift, night shift, whatever it is, you get to start working with this core group of men and women that are basically living the same life you are. Now some have family some have kids, some are travel two hours, some are, have other stuff going on, but while you're working, you your main job is your job. And uh, when it comes to days off and for traveling and all this stuff where hey every Tuesday night or every Wednesday night we have these days off, we, I tended and we all tend to plan to organize and hang out together uh, whether it was with coffee or go get a drink or have dinner or hang out with our families uh, because you start building those bonds with that core group of people, as you move from location to location shift to shift and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it's it's teamwork is essential for that obviously and uh again uh days when you're uh having those long nights when there's nothing going on it's 3 Mm a.m and the local the someone from the staff will bring you a cup of coffee to keep you awake or so it's it's really cool and again coffee flows through that place like a Like the Dow River. I'll bet.
1: But whether it's good or not, I've heard there's some presidents in the past that have sent minions out to find them the best coffee in the world. But I, uh, did you ever experience that? Like, do you have, um, you know, I'm not going to get, I mean, you worked with the Obama administration, but did you work closely with the family from the standpoint of like, um, we like, Hey John, go get me a coffee or, you know, yeah, never
0: like, like that. I mean, you would tell, I could tell you what they're like in terms of like, when you see the kids or Michelle or the mother or Barack's mother um, in core staffers, um, whether it was Brennan, uh, McDonough, uh, Pete Souza, the uh, house mm-hmm. photographer, uh, those guys, like they all, you knew what they were drinking, whether it was a splash of cream or some, some of these staffers would do like the, when you have like the Christmas parties, uh, eggnog coffee, but they'd bring out like these tiramisu flavored flavors and (laughs) holiday flavors and stuff where it's like a little too uh, sugary for me. Um, But there's never a time where it's like, Hey, we need to go get this type of coffee per se. I don't necessarily think he was that type of uh, president um, where coffee was the number one thing. Uh, Now, He's also, which is kind of daring because he could drink a cup of coffee from McDonald's or pot bellies near the White House or some really cool coffee in a country with a world leader. So that's what I love about coffee is that, yeah, you probably always want to have the best, but even when you don't, it's just the experience over that cup of coffee that I think matters.
1: Do you miss it? Not coffee. Uh, I
0: miss, I don't know. Like, I guess I have a, I get a different rush of uh, what I have to do, Doing what I do now. But I, I guess if I missed anything, like just traveling in the C-17s or C-5s or
1: mm-hmm.
0: taking, I mean, I, there'll be times where we, just the pictures, I guess like the, because now we're talking super big teams or there's 10 or 12, your core team is working, whereas now it's myself and another individual sometimes. So sure. I miss that type of whatever But I'm also fortunate to work with great venues uh, and their staff, too. So it kind of makes up for the uh, lack of. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's definitely a new thing now with with uh, it's a different level of responsibility. It's a different level of of everything. Um, And you get to bring a lot of that thing into the mix now and hopefully we'll all get back to it soon. Uh, You know, down the road, you know, there's a bit of rumbling. Happening of of a handful of shows popping up. I'm hoping obviously by this time next year, we'll, we'll all be in some form or another of of working again, you know,
0: I've done 20, 25 drive-in shows with Mr. Myers, which is the offshoot of Shinedown through the pandemic, some indoor, some obviously drive-in outdoor stuff. And I got end of May, I got two more weeks with them. We got 11 shows and uh, some indoor, some outdoor. And then July and August, there's a 10 Shinedown shows booked, which are big outdoor shows. Uh, fairs and festival type things and uh some stuff scheduled for the fall uh like big festivals uh, that were rescheduled for the last year or so so I think uh what's crazy is it's the whole the border shutdown too you it's just so weird um that two nations I would say are in terms of you guys obviously have more snow and prairies but in the mountains but like I don't it's just weird for me because my girlfriend's Canadian I haven't seen her in a year and three months jeez. Um, because of the shutdown so i it just i just hate how the whole shutdown's made everything political and how it affects people like hoogie they're gonna cross the borders and then when they get home i have to live in a hotel for three weeks or the trucking industry or all these industries of the arts affected by i don't know like i just i think there's too many politics in play there i'm all for safety what needs to be done right but i don't think a lot of people realize the mental health this is affecting on people too
1: it's a big deal I mean, it's something I, I touch on uh, quite a lot. Um, it's very prominent in our business as far as Correct. people struggling with mental health when they're touring, and a lot of people oh. don't understand that the touring keeps the mental like keeps them balanced. So, the when you remove that from the equation, you know, there's been a, a heavy struggle in our business uh, when it comes to that. So, hopefully, you know, people are getting help when they need it, and let's uh, let's get through it. And and we'll be back to this thing in no time. Um, now, uh, a couple of things. I have a game called the Espresso Shot. Okay. So I want to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, you give me your um, you give me your take on it, and we'll go from there. All right. So okay. uh, this is the Espresso Shot with John Guaneri. From Silver Spear, Silver Spear Podcast or uh, Spear Talk Spear uh, Podcast, and Silver Spear Security. Uh, here we go. Your favorite coffee region?
0: Is this okay? So this is worldwide. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go either Southwest United States or uh, South America. Probably the Brazil. That region right there.
1: Favorite coffee brand. Oh
0: God. Uh, if I'm in Canada, it's Timmy Hortons because I love the little lid games you guys do. Uh, if, if I'm Massachusetts, it's Dunkin' Donuts. It's a big chain. It's just local. It's on
1: every stupid street corner. Uh, but if I'm going chain, chain, uh, doesn't have to be a chain. It can be a brand like, you know, your, oh, okay. like, it can yeah. be a, a brand that you, that you've discovered around the world. That's undeniable. Every time you go,
0: I tell you what, when I, every time I go to like a Michaels or TJ Maxx, I buy the Coda brand, Uh, coffee. It's Kona yep. coffee. Yep, I actually, I actually really like that
1: coffee. Um, Kona is good. Yep.
0: La Jeff, uh, La Le, Le, Uh I'm terrible with names. It's the, it the it comes in the yellow package with the red lettering. Uh,
1: Interesting. La Le, Jeffra, Le, Yeah, I yeah, well, have to find it. It's probably. It's not. I have far. a bag of it. If Hard I it
0: was close to me, I'd show it. I would say. I would say that. I would say that
1: uh somebody that's uh that you think is uh come to you says john I, i've never had a cup of coffee in my life what should i do how do i start where do i go
0: i would actually maybe okay so am i giving them a place or like how would i Nope. Would tell if you're them?
1: like if, if you're if you're okay. telling somebody like if you're going to start in coffee for the first time you've never had a cup of coffee this is how i think you should start
0: i would start giving them a generic run-of-the-mill uh coffee cup of coffee from a generic measure, it's Folgers or one of those okay. and an eight an eight ten cup make coffee maker pour up a cup uh try it without any cream or sugar and then i want their reaction to be oh this is pretty good and then you bring them to a top echelon type place whether it is a pour over or mm-hmm. even something where it's I mean, i hate i mean i don't hate starbucks but I, they've definitely got the market on uh, the cra- what they think is crazy appeases it, it those people. Uh, but I take them up an echelon and kind of go off of there because I need to know what their baseline is in terms of what a good cup of coffee is.
1: And is there a coffee myth that you feel like you want to debunk?
0: Uh, God, growing up, I always was that was it the Folgers where the guy mm-hmm. would have the, the donkey with the bag of beads on the back?
1: No, that's uh, Juan Valdez.
0: The, was that, so w- yeah but what was the coffee brand
1: Juan Valdez was the coffee brand oh, from okay, down, so, down in uh, South America yeah yeah
0: so maybe that was growing up I always saw that and he would come to the window and hit the donkey with the thing and I'm just kind of like right. do they really use donkeys to transport these beads like, how, like do they even travel with beads bags of beads
1: well you know the interesting thing uh is that um uh, the big thing that's on in that that small roaster market in the um, you know, the roasters are very conscious of what's happening with the local market. What's happening with the farmers? Are they being compensated properly? Uh, right. So to your point, it's, it's a big deal to a lot of people, a lot of um, roasters to make sure that everyone's being compensated properly. So, Maybe they are using donkeys. Maybe they are using them in some of these smaller markets, but hopefully they are being compensated for it properly, and everyone's winning. Yeah, so
0: what's, what's always fascinating me is that before technology and all these machines would help help with the harvest, like yeah. these men and women would actually go through there and by hand. It, it kind of blows your mind. The actual from growing to planting and harvesting to getting that to your cup of coffee, whether it's a K cup or a a, a ground up in your coffee thing like it's just kind of, it's kind of a really intricate amazing process
1: that's the espresso shot with john guanary of silver spear and um uh, spear talk podcast so we're gonna wrap in a little bit um i appreciate your time today buddy um tell me about what's been going on with you as far as your show goes and everything that you've been doing because you've got some growth here. I just showed this—you have got four thousand new subscribers. I was like, I guess, just about a month and a bit ago, yep. a bunch of new views, almost a million minutes watched. You're doing some really great stuff. What was the, what's been the secret to the growth of your show? Because I know, and, and was it when you joined the network? It was kind of, you know, it was doing this, and then since then, I'm just seeing some massive growth out of your show. So where do you think that's coming from? And I'm not um, saying you're, I'm, I'm not saying. Your content isn't amazing. I'm just saying it's really taken off here. In the so last I think and we kinda
0: talked about this before we started, I jumped on here, but I the I think what I found it's taken me probably eight months, it's been a year now, but eight months to realize that content is king and you have to put out a product, the people know are gonna come every time of the week. So you gotta build up the schedule. So for me, um every week for the last year, I have put out mm-hmm. one to two, and there's been a couple of weeks or there's been a two week period later on this past year where I put out 18 hours of episodes of content. And Mm so for me, just putting out the content, they know every Thursday at 7 PM now that they can jump on and see whoever the guest is. And what helps me um, is that every one of my guests is completely different. Um, It could be an actor, it could be a martial artist, it could be a wildlife conservationist, it could be a national geographic photographer. Mm -hmm. This could be a victim of domestic abuse or a former FBI informant. And we just have a healthy conversation and it helps too though when I reach out to these guests and I reach out to people I want to talk to to ask the questions I want to ask. Yeah. It helps that they're part of it too. And they want to be part of this and just be themselves. And it helps when they're just they're putting out the content too. They're sharing the the images or the coming soon or sharing the video links. And uh, I have a very loyal fan base. Um, I just launched the YouTube memberships on my thing, and that the first spend four or five days. The, the numbers are staggering. The people that pay for extra content. So now I'm putting out extra shows every week, and right. I'm giving them behind the scenes content of flubs and mistakes from interviews. Or say I'm done recording an episode, then I had to have another 45 minutes of content from that guest that I'm just gonna put out there for those people, just to really see what goes into each of these episodes. And uh, like you, you have to do research and. And you have to do all this other stuff that a lot of people don't see outside the video. And so I found that there's value in just presenting everything you do, whether it is your actual notes or the extra content. And people want to hear healthy conversations. Um, I think it helped that I did mine, like most people at the start of the COVID pandemic, um, where people are sitting at home. But I found that... Honestly, more people are tuning in now. And that's kind of why I had to move my uh, premieres to nighttime because people mm-hmm. are actually back to work now. Um, so it's just honestly, man, it's literally putting in the time, believing in your product. And you got to treat it like it's a kid or a part of a job or something. Because if you don't believe in what you're putting out, how do you expect anyone else to kind of believe that either?
1: I 100% agree. You got to be passionate. This is our passion. Uh, I love the fact that you've that uh, you've got such a storied history in in federal security. Um, but move that on to the artist uh, world of security. Uh, I'm sure there's similarities between the two of them. Um, I'm guessing if I asked you which one do you like better, you know, it's a tough answer for you because I'm sure they both offer the same thing. But why don't I throw that out there before we wrap this thing up? Which 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 world do you enjoy better?
0: I enjoy this world now, which is the private security. If only for the sheer fact that taking out the security aspect and doing protection, all the stuff I love, no matter what I chose to do. um, I find I have more time, even though the days when I'm working are 18, 20 hour days, I still have time to do cool stuff and still see the world. And this, this private security enables me to do shows like yours or do other passions that I couldn't have done. Like I could have done a podcast with the federal government because I don't have the time and they wouldn't allow mm. it. Uh, so I, I have more. I feel like I can put, do more stuff that I want to do um, all while still doing and loving what I do in security.
1: Can you go back to it if you wanted to? Or do you have to go um, through all the training is, again?
0: So basically, if you leave within two years, I think you could go back, uh, but you have to re-up on training. And then after the age of 37, uh, I think there's an age cutoff. There was when I was in there um so i mean I, I would actually if i wanted to i'd have to resubmit um, I turn 37 next year uh so maybe but i i don't uh, have any urge to uh go back
1: there. right well hopefully we'll uh have a chance to have a coffee a really great 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 coffee around the world somewhere again i saw uh i missed you um in um you guys were with Alterbridge. bridge i was in uh, birmingham at that show and uh we didn't uh, know each other then that was funny how it kind of worked that we just sort of had this, this yep. mix. And then now here we are together, uh, on the same network, the demundell.com network, uh, basically in similar circumstances, you've, you've, uh, created this amazing podcast that I, that I encourage everyone to go listen to because it just covers so many things. Where can everyone find you online? Uh, oh God, this is to, the toughest question. Cause I always, sure. uh,
0: Instagram and Facebook or at spirit talk podcast, uh twitter is spear talk and then if you just go to youtube type in spear talk uh security podcast it should pop right up uh websites coming uh, that will house the episodes and all that stuff uh but yeah we're just if you're in the mood for something different some episode i got episodes coming up with famous actors uh different martial artists i got some really cool former mafia people Coming on the show—that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, different graphic designers. I got the illustrator for the the show or uh, the book Goosebumps coming on, which is the reason why I wanted to, this whole idea of good guy versus bad guy. Uh, so I bring out guests that kind of shaped my childhood and kind of who I am today. It kind of tied into the world world of security and just have really healthy, uh, fun conversations.
1: Yeah. Well, the growth is is amazing to watch. I've been uh, the, watching from the sides and I'm really, really happy with uh, how you're doing, buddy. And and um, I appreciate you making the time to come on today to talk a little bit of coffee, a little bit of Secret Service, and uh, a little bit of uh, our world of music and when it may come back.
0: No, so. and I appreciate it. I can't thank you and Dean and everyone there that's uh, really awesome. I, again, there's so many – I never really – I mean, besides Joe Rogan podcast before the pandemic, I didn't really have put the thought in to look for some the stuff. But you can go on the Dean Bledel Network and you can learn from – not only myself or yourself or your Escalator podcast, or mm-hmm. you can learn about gambling. You can learn about uh, these two girls, the Fucked Up podcast, which is f- hilarious. There's all these other different podcasts and stuff out there, uh, the Nerdy yeah. Dad podcast. So it's like it's one of those cool things where, like, literally every point of view, every left, right, up, down, whatever, you can go to the Deepadell Show Network and just really dig your heels in it and just le- have some real learn some awesome stuff and just really absorb really unique content and that's it's pretty fucking cool
1: that's part of it and uh you've done a killer job you're one of our fastest growing pods uh on the network and if not uh, the fastest growing pod on the network for sure it's definitely there that's john guanari uh thanks buddy that's from uh, from spirit talk we'll see you on the road somewhere hi to our buddy hoogie if you're watching how you doing there buddy barry kirch who was my episode two get gu- uh, episode one guest on the music cast uh, from shine down hello to him and check out his coffee at spartan brews uh this whole thing brought to you by our friends at blue microphones john's got a pair of the MixFi headphones we've both got the yeti x so a huge thanks to them for uh jumping into the mix uh there they are right there and trying to make us sound really, really great. And uh, everyone, try to find John online in all the places that he said. Tune in to his podcast every week uh, and on YouTube every week. So that's John. I'm Brenton. Thanks, everybody. Until next week.
0: What happens when we
1: play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.